This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Welcome to the Candid Life podcast, where we turn our broken hallelujahs into melody lines of impact. And I am your host, Lydia Gago. Today, our topic is challenging your inner passion. Specifically, we will focus on discovering your inner passion, nurturing your inner passion, and serving your inner passion to the world. To help us discuss this wonderful topic and get our creative juices flowing is Jill Anne Robinson Hoffman. Jill is the Hart Middle School building guest teacher here in Rochester, Michigan. Originally from Sandusky, Ohio, she lived less than 10 minutes from Cedar Point and started riding roller coasters when she was only three years old. Jill got married and moved to the east side of Cleveland, Ohio. She's lived in various parts of the United States, including Norwalk, Ohio, Birmingham, Alabama, Rochester Hills, Michigan, and now resides in Washington, Michigan. Jill has a Bachelor's of Arts in Elementary Education from Mount Vernon Nazarene University and endorsements in Middle School Math and Language Arts from Wayne State and Oakland University, respectfully. The fun part of this bio is that Jill has two children and three and a half grandchildren. Welcome, Jill, to the Candid Life podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Well, let's jump right in. But before we do that, tell me about the three and a half grandchildren. That definitely piqued my curiosity. I have an eight-year-old granddaughter, a six-year-old grandson, a 15-month-old grandson, and I have one grandbaby on the way. And it will be a boy. Oh, wow. Let's put it this way. You are a very busy grandmother. Very busy and very blessed. Absolutely. That's great. Good to hear that. I was curious, Jill, though. I mean, you have this hidden talent that we are going to talk about because this is what this podcast is about. But I just wanted you to tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Do you come from a craft making family? Tell us a bit more. Well, my mother actually crocheted and knitted. She was so good, however, that I never really had to learn how to do anything because she always did it for me. I today have an Etsy store and I crochet on the top of kitchen towels that my mom used to make when she was alive. She passed away. In 2012, in a car accident, and a few years after that, my daughter and daughter-in-law said to me that they needed some of grandma's towels. I explained to them that grandma wasn't here anymore, and I didn't know how to crochet, and they asked me if I could learn. I wasn't sure if I could, but I decided to give it a try. And so I found several YouTube videos and watched them and started practicing by making potholders and dishcloths. 
once I felt somewhat confident, I decided I was going to give it a try. So I bought a towel and started making it. And my first attempt, well, it honestly looked awful. (laughs) It looked like a first grader maybe had done it. I was kind of determined. And so I ripped it all out and decided to start again. I couldn't believe it was so hard. My mom made it look so easy. And um, the more I practiced, the better I got. And I enjoyed crocheting a lot. So I went from there. That's great. You know, I'm listening to your story. And what really jumps out at me is the fact that you said you didn't bother to learn because your mom did it for you all the time. There was really no need. But somehow that need got created when your daughter and daughter-in-law approached you and asked for something that your mom had made. And the fact that you actually embrace that challenge is commendable because now what she had done is now a legacy in your life. And you get to pass that on, you know, to your children and your children's children. But it was that desire you were willing to step out and try and you were determined to go all out. And I think that's an amazing story because I think so often we, we do take things for granted, don't we? And we just don't feel the need, but now you have a legacy in your name. I do. And your mom lives on through that. She does. Why dish towels? Is it because this is what your mom did? Well, one day I got a phone call from my son and he told me that he had decided to go back to graduate school to get his MBA. And one of his assignments was to follow a startup business. Everything from financials to marketing, everything that you would need to do for a MBA. So he asked me if I would be his startup business. I was like, really? And he put a lot of thought into it before he even called me. He had a lot of ideas and he asked me if I would be willing to have my startup business be crocheted towels like my mom used to make. And so as of 2018, I started an Etsy store and I am still continuing to crochet towels to this day. I have towels for every season, every animal, every object that you can imagine. And I have customers from all of the United States, and I even have one over in Australia. I mean, I honestly find your story remarkable. (laughs) I really do. A need was created, right? And your son challenged you to tap into this. And you said, okay, I'm going to go along with that. Because I think, you know, opportunity kept keeps knocking at your door and you are stepping out to open that door and walk through. And isn't that what it is that life presents us with opportunities and we can either close the door or open it wide and step through. And I think the beautiful thing of, of what I'm hearing from your story is just family members challenging you to come up a little higher. And I think that's wonderful. Thank you. I really love what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes through. I can't wait for that towel, though. I'm still waiting. Okay. So you've talked about the fact that you enjoy doing what you do with the crocheting. First of all, how are you nurturing that passion? Secondly, 
how do you feel it has strengthened you as a person? Well, I have customers, as I said, all over the United States. And I have a very special customer um, who lives on Long Island, New York. Her name is Debbie. And after she had placed several orders through my Etsy website, she sent me a Christmas card and thanked me for the meticulous way that I made my towels and told me a little bit about herself. Her mom has dementia and I listened as she unloaded some of the things that she and her sisters were having to go through to take care of her mom. Mm -hmm. After every time she contacted me or placed an order, I would message her and I would always ask about her mom. I think sometimes it makes people feel good when they know someone cares about them and what they are going through. And so this is one thing that I always try to do when I have a customer that will purchase from me, but then share a little bit about themselves with me as well. Yeah. So this is becoming more than just a business then. It is. It is. Even though I have never met her, I feel like we're friends. Sure. Because you also mentioned the, I think it just in conversation about this person who took your towel and used it as part of your business card or something along those lines, was it? Yes. Um, there was a towel that I made and it was, it had the title, Here Comes the Sun on it. Mm-hmm. And um, an expat that lived in Australia loved Etsy. And when putting in the word sun in the search bar, many things popped up. And one of the things was my towel that I had made. She had a window cleaning business and used the idea of the here comes the sun as her slogan. And then she used it in her advertising as well. That's wonderful. I do have a lady over in Honolulu, Hawaii, who also has contacted me many times. She is a very lovely person. And she not only buys towels for herself, she buys them for her daughter, um, people at her church. She gives them away at uh, for various gifts. And she is just a really neat person to have been able to connect with and talk to. Mm-hmm. How would you say that this whole, you know, I'm sort of reluctant to call it a business as much as it is a business. I almost feel like it's a ministry. You know, it's gone beyond just a business. You're a Christian, right? I am. And, you know, I really believe that God gives us gifts and talents to not just bless us, but for us to be a blessing to the world. And I really believe that is what you're doing. You're serving your God-given gifts to the world in a very, very practical way. And I'm sure out of the, you know, the monies or the profits that you're you're earning, that's going back in, in different ways to just touch the lives of others. So 
How do you feel as a Christian? God is using this gift, but I think with my business, the thing that I enjoy the most is making people happy, but it also makes me happy. Mm -hmm. That is, I have always said that if you're not happy doing something, then don't do it. That's true. And it doesn't matter whether I'm crocheting or if I'm teaching middle school kids. Mm -hmm. If you're not happy, then don't do it. Yeah. And I think that that is one way in which I have been able to fulfill a lot of my dreams and goals is just by making people happy. That's good. That's a great way to put it. And I, I'm wondering, though, I know there are a lot of people listening. Some people are still searching, you know, what is it that I'm good at? You know, what, how can I challenge my inner passion, which is basically what we are talking about and, you know, listening to your story, it was really opportunity again, opportunity and being challenged to dig a little deeper that got you to, or has brought you to where you are right now. What would you say to somebody who is listening and maybe struggling with the whole element of, you know, how do I discover my inner passion? What can I do? How can I serve that inner passion to, to the world? How can I nurture it? What would you say to somebody who maybe has a little bit of that struggle right now and doesn't know what to do? I would say to them that take the opportunities that come to you. You won't be perfect to begin with. Mm-hmm. And you will be able to eventually get better and better. As I said, I didn't start out very well. Um, I had dishcloths that were not necessarily square. I still use them, but they were not necessarily square. And um, I don't believe when anyone is trying to learn how to do something, they're not going to learn how to do it and be perfect right at the beginning. Sure. So I would say, just keep trying. Yeah. If there's something that you want to do, don't be hesitant to try it. That's really good. And I think just, you know, to add to what you're saying there, you know, as you've been diligent in trying, you've become better at it, right? It's not about, you know, what they, people always say practice makes perfect. Absolutely. But I I remember hearing or reading somewhere, it says practice makes progress. (laughs) I thought, hmm, that's That's a different, I thought that was a really different way of approaching it. And just again, referring back to your story, you know, as you continue to practice, you continue to make progress. And now you are at a place where it's become second nature. And you continue to expand your, your learning and uh, your skill, you know, and, and I think that's basically you, you're giving us the tools to become more effective, take up the challenge, you work at it, you keep working at it and working at it until you get to where you need to go. And I, I think that's a wonderful thing. So, you know, just to try and wrap up, 
one of the questions that I ask all my uh, all my guests on the show is what does it mean for you to have the candid life as somebody who has discovered your passion as somebody who's nurturing it but also serving it to the world in a very very powerful way what does it mean for you to live the candid life um I think to me the candid life means an honest expression of your feelings and your beliefs. Um, I love to touch people's lives and make them feel good about themselves. And that gives me a lot of joy as well. So that would be, I think, what a candid life is to me. Thank you for sharing that. I was wondering, though, are you passing this skill on to your children and your grandchildren and hopefully your great grandchildren? Well, um, my daughter is a hospice nurse and has a very full plate and never has had a desire to learn. But my eight year old granddaughter, when I am at their house, she'll sit beside me and say, Nana, can I loom when you are crocheting? And what she does is she has these, these like bracelets Mm -hmm. that she makes out of these rubber bands. And oh, I remember that. I don't know. It's on some kind of a loom. (laughs) So she calls it looming. Looming. (laughs) And then she watches me and she has asked me before, can you teach me how to crochet? Mm -hmm. So eventually, I mean, she's only eight now, but I think eventually in a couple of years, I will start teaching her how to crochet and maybe she'll start with washcloths, but she might end up doing dish towels or afghans or who knows what. So, but I do believe that Naomi one day will learn to crochet. Yes, yes, she will. And once again, there is a connection there with your granddaughter, uh, an opportunity for you to sit by her side and just enjoy each other's company whilst you're learning. So absolutely, absolutely. She and I are very close and I just love hanging around with her. Yeah. And she likes staying beside me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know we haven't talked much about uh, your guest teaching at Hart Middle School, but what has been your greatest joy working at Hart Middle School as a guest teacher? I think the connection that I have with the kids. I love walking down the hall and hearing somebody say, Hi, Mrs. Hoffman, how are you? And having them tell me, have a good day, or, you know, just being able to go up to a student and say, well, how did that basketball game turn out? Mm-hmm. You know, and having a connection with the students is very important to me. And I am in all three grades, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and I do every subject except Jim. And I just, I just love school. Mm-hmm. The connection I have with the kids, I just absolutely love them. And there again, if you don't like what you're doing, then don't do it. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway, Jill. You know, if you don't like what you're doing, just don't do it. 
All right, family, you've heard Jill. You have heard Jill. If you don't love what you're doing, don't do it. So thank you so, so much, Jill, for coming on The Candid Life. And friends, if you want to check out Jill's website, how can they connect with you again? Uh, my shop is on Etsy, E-T-S-Y. And my shop name is Stitched by Jill, all smashed together with a capital S and a capital J. Please check out her website. It is absolutely amazing. And I think you'll definitely be blessed if you buy one of her products. Family, if you'd like to connect with me, email me at livethecandidlife at gmail.com. That's livethecandidlife at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at Lydia Gago. Listen on all popular podcasts, including Afripods, which is spelled A-F-R-I-P-O-D-S. Subscribe and share with friends and family and be inspired, challenged, and empowered to live differently. Until next time, remember your story matters because you matter. Live the candid life 24-7. God bless you. Inaendeshwa na Afripods. <laughs>